Hi there, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Talking Dead. This is episode number 44 for the 26th of April, 2011. All right. It's been a long time since we've done a show. It has. Welcome back. It's good to be here. Jason, how are you doing? I am doing fine, and it's a Tuesday. It's not even Monday. It's for the week of the 25th, right? Oh, that's a good point, actually. What, that was yesterday? Yeah. 25th? Okay. Yeah, it was my of... anniversary, so I couldn't do it. That's right, and that's why you remember the date, too, that, probably. It is, yeah. Good. Well, it's nice to be here after almost a month or three weeks or so. Uh, the the world conspired against us to get recording, but we don't need to go into the details because that's boring. Yeah, the world is boring. And we're trying not to be boring. <laughs> trying. For, for once. <laughs> <laughs> Giving it a shot. Zing. Uh, so we have some Walking Dead news today. It's built up a little bit, although the last few weeks been kind of slow news time, wouldn't you think? Well, we've been stockpiling, taking the Choice tasty bits and saving them. Sure. But even, you know, outside of that, it's been a little slow walking dead news. Uh, yeah. Well, you know? it's expected. We're in the middle of a hiatus. An insanely long hiatus. There's not a lot going on. There's people working on the second season and so on, but they're working on it. They're not, you know, letting us know about it yet. Well, they should. They should let us know what's going on. They should. But I, I also appreciate the fact that they're working hard. So That's also good. That's okay. Let's uh, let's begin with uh, the first news item, and this is uh, kind of an exciting one, and I'll tell you why, because I'm pretty sure that I broke the story. Excellent. <laughs> well, good. You know, uh, the Walking Dead novel title, according to Amazon.ca, the title of the book will be The Walking Dead, Rise of the Governor. Oh, well, that's pretty specific. <clears throat> I wonder now, who it's about. Uh, I think we said Tyrese, right? We did say Tyrese. Yeah. You think it's about Tyrese? No, not anymore. Uh, was that last episode or? That was the last episode. Yeah, we talked about Tyrese and you won me over. Yes, and We were exactly. both pretty sure that it was going to be about Tyrese. <laughs> somehow, somehow in the bizarro land that we were living in, we didn't, I don't think we mentioned the governor as a possibility. No, because we were thinking that the movie or the, sorry, the, uh, the novel would be about a character that's both in the graphic novels and the TV show. The governor will be in the TV show, but yeah. isn't as of yet. Yeah, uh, Tyrese too. Well, that's true. Damn it! Right there goes my logic right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it's that. I think it's just we were kind of focusing on our like quote good guy characters, not our villains. That's true. But now that you, you know, now that we know it's the governor, unless of course Amazon.ca is wrong. However, they have a picture of the cover of the book. They've been wrong before. Oh, that's pretty wrong. That but would that, be pretty wrong. That means that that picture would have been mocked up by somebody and just posted there. Now that's possible. But unlikely, right? Right. Now, it's not on Amazon.com, which is strange, I think. Well, yeah. I don't know. Why would Amazon.ca have any... They jumped a gun. ...more information? They may have jumped a gun. There was a post-it note saying on, don't put this on the site. Right. Some intern did. <laughs> Some intern did. No one's noticed. It's been up there since I noticed it. At Still least, up? Yeah, it's up right now, at least a week. So it hasn't been taken down. Uh, for anyone that's interested, the list price is $24.07 Canadian. Ouch. Well, hardcover book. Still. And Amazon.ca has it priced at seventeen forty-one Canadian. That's a which, pretty cool uh, cover, actually. It's not bad. Um, we can get a slightly larger image, but there isn't... You can't get too much detail. It, it 
kind of looks like people are reaching through uh, some sort of imprisonment. Oh, We've they're got cheering. Some characters down here. Are they cheering? They're cheering. So is Remember that they have a, the zombie fights? Yeah, is that what that is? I think so. It looks what it looks like to me. They're all very happy about the killing and the maiming and the eating and stuff. Well, okay, that's that's kind of what they were into, I guess. Um, the summary posted on Amazon is. In the Walking Dead universe, there is no greater villain than the governor, the despot who runs the walled-off town of Woodbury. He has his own sixth sense of justice, whether it's forcing prisoners to battle zombies in an arena for the townspeople's amusement or chopping off the appendages of those who cross him. The governor was voted Villain of the Year by Wizard Magazine the year he debuted, and his story arc was the most controversial arc in the history of the Walking Dead comic series. So far. Now... For the first time, fans of The Walking Dead will discover how the governor became the man he is and what drove him to such extremes. Wow. That's actually compelling. I'm interested to find out. It is. I'm really, really excited for this book now. I tweeted at Robert Kirkman to ask him if there would be an audio version of the book. He never got back to me. Well, of course there will be. How do you figure? Well, why wouldn't there be? Because there always is? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. No popular book goes unaudioed. <laughs> unaudioed. <laughs> Yeah, but do they? I, I'm. I am. I don't know from audiobooks. Do they release them at the same time as the print book? Always. Ooh, that I don't know. Really, really popular stuff. They'll release very close to it. Like I got uh, "Under the Dome" by Stephen King. Like guaranteed sellers, they just put out. Yeah, because people are going to buy it. Like me, I'll I'll buy it. Right. Okay. Like if there was an audio, uh, you know, I'll buy everything. I'll buy the hardcover. I'll buy the audiobook because I listen to audiobooks. I'll buy the Kindle version. Uh, yeah, I'll buy it all. Me not being really an audiobook guy yet, I was thinking that if this was audio, I might buy it as my first audiobook. You should. <clears throat> That'd be exciting. Uh, it lists hardcover, 320 pages. Hmm. They could have made that up. Uh, That's pretty standard for a novel, I think. Yeah, probably. Released in September 2011 in English, and they have ISBN numbers listed already, so they seem to have some info on it. Huh. I guess the real test is, is it on Wikipedia? If it is... That's, that's the truth, <laughs> Then right? it must be true. <laughs> Wikipedia is the source of all truth. Yeah, well, you could say that about the internet, too. So, uh, you know, who knows? We'll see. Well, Amazon.ca seems to think they know what's going on. And if you want to find more, you can go pre-order it now from Amazon.ca. What if Once it's on, uh, I'll probably get, I don't know what to do now. Do I get the hardcover? Do I get the Kindle? Do I get them both? Uh, I don't know. I haven't decided yet either, but I'll probably go for the audiobook if there is one. Although having the book on my shelf would be nice, too. So. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. Having a book on a shelf is good. It is good, yeah. But I like reading things on my Kindle, so... And I like listening to books, too. You could do all three. Not at the same time. No, but you could do all three. I could do two of them at the same time. Uh, sure. Just, you know, listen to the unabridged version while reading it on the book and flipping the pages. Going, yep, got that right. Oh, I missed that word right there. Do you think anybody does that? Oh, probably. Why? Just because? Some people like to have all their senses engaged when doing something. I suppose. They need full sensory overload. Yeah. Uh, okay. So there you go. Walking Dead novel title, Rise of the Governor. Except smell. <laughs> I don't know. You could do that too. It depends on how old the book is. If it's a really old book, you get that old paper smell. Yeah, but new books have new paper smell too. They have that stinky ink smell too sometimes. Yeah, it's not always a good smell, is it? Yeah. I've actually purchased books based on the feeling of the paper. Ooh, what? this feels nice. And I walk out of the store buying that book. Do you read it yeah, after? I've read them. There's some good books that I got based on the feel of the paper. Strictly? Only paper feel? Well, yeah, because you can't trust. You walk into a bookstore and you're looking through a bunch of novels that you don't know from Adam. They could be crap. They're most likely crap, but some of them could be really good gems. So how do you pick a book? 
Feel of the paper. Feel of the paper. This one feels pretty good. I'm taking it. Obviously. you got to be able to enjoy it. <laughs> and I hate the feeling of really crappy paper. Oh, I... I construction paper, I don't touch. I hate construction paper. Ah, but for... Okay, for the right purpose, construction paper is fine, regardless of the feeling. As a structure, yes. I won't touch it, though. I won't build anything if it involves construction paper. Newspaper? Uh, newspaper's kind of iffy. That's not much better than construction paper. It yeah. might be worse. I got bad marks in art in school because I didn't like the feel of construction paper. <laughs> Anyway, right. bit of a side note here. Yeah. So it better have good paper. That's all I'm saying. Okay, it hopefully will. Our next item here is from a couple of weeks ago, and we've been reading about this a lot because it got reported a lot. Yeah. Um, advertiser apologizes, apologizes. Yeah, apologizes for inappropriate placement of Walking Dead billboard. Now, this isn't really news except that it's sort of funny, and I guess if you're the wrong type of person, sort of offensive. Yeah. Uh, I did see a picture of it where it's... I did do. It's, yeah, a little, little funeral home and a big wall right beside the front door with a huge Walking Dead banner with zombies and everything on it. Well, I think any kind of funeral home with a big billboard right beside it is probably going to have a lot of stuff that's offensive to anybody going into the funeral home. Except that the funeral uh, owners, the funeral home owners own that building and they leased that wall for the billboard. And according to the uh, article in the Daily Mail, the British Daily Mail, um, they were assured by the advertising company that um, nothing insensitive would be placed there. Unsensitive? Nothing insensitive. inappropriate would be would be placed on that billboard considering its location. Right. So this slipped through the cracks, figured yes. TV show, how can that offend anybody? Yeah, TV show, somebody wasn't paying attention and it went up. Or, you know, who knows what might have happened exactly. Yeah. But so people got upset and uh, they took it down. A spokesman said, Clear Channel, which is the advertising agency, uh, apologizes for any offense caused by the unfortunate juxtaposition of this advertisement, which was certainly not intended. We arranged to have it removed right away, and it has since come down. Well, there you go. My feeling on this is kind of meh. Yeah, meh. It, it, it happens. It slipped through the cracks. It's nobody's fault. They noticed it, or it was reported to them. They went, yeah, that's stupid, and took it down. Hopefully no one was enormously uh, offended by it. And on one hand, it's a little kind of funny. Yeah. Because these things are. That's yeah. the kind of guy I, I wouldn't am. have taken offense anyway, because if I had seen it and I had to go into the funeral par- parlor to... Really? Parlor? Funeral parlor. <laughs> really? Anyway, <laughs> funeral home. <laughs> Seems like you go... Anyway. Funeral parlor, that might be a Canadianism. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know if Americans say parlor. You go into the funeral home, you're trying to, you know, arrange a funeral, which is obviously a very upsetting thing, and you walk by a Walking Dead thing, and I'd be like, yeah, that's probably a mistake, and then probably would have forgotten about it. Or you'd think, oh, crap, I missed that episode last week. i got to go back and watch it. Hey, that. that's a good show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> might not have put two and two together, really. Yeah. Well, there is that. Yeah. Us geniuses. Okay, so... That's that. Hopefully, we'll never hear about that again. Hopefully not. But boy, did it get covered, man. Yeah. Every website posted that. I guess for the comedy value. Hard up for news value. Hard up for news. Slow news week, like mm-hmm. I said. Uh, Collider.com, in much more relevant news, posted a big interview with Robert Kirkman. There's all kinds of good stuff here. Um, they were talking about the process in the writer's room, and here's what uh, Kirkman had to say. It's kind of, uh, kind of long, so bear with me. We start with the season, and then we work our way down. So we go, this is what we want the season to be, this is where we want to start, and this is where we want to end. This is where we want each character to start and end. We then start breaking that down by episode, 
where did all these events take place and in what episode did they fall in? Then we sit down and once we have that done, we're like, okay, this episode is a little light, a little light. We need more uh, for this and more for that. We start beefing up each individual episode. Then we go off and make the episodes. That's how it's done. That's great. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, uh, I don't really have any insight into what happens in the writer's rooms and how the process for crafting each episode goes. So it's kind of interesting and maybe obvious to think that they start with the big picture and they're like, okay, here's what we want to do in the whole season and break it down into the steps to get from point A to point B. I think it depends on the type of show and I think it depends on the quality of the show, whether or not they do that. Some shows do not feel like they have an overall season story arc. That's very true. That is true. And, you know, things like Will and Grace probably didn't have a lot of season story arcs. They probably... is that show still on? No. It's okay. long gone. Okay. It's the one that came to mind. All right. So, you know, they're cut into each individual episode, and they're supposed to be funny, but they have stories that, you know, span multiple episodes. But things like Lost have entire season story arcs that need to be filled in. They probably have a very similar process. They need they have this starting point. They have this ending point. We need to cover that whole arc, and then we have little character arcs that we need to, to fill in, and then they, uh, they meter out the episodes accordingly. Yeah, well, you can't do a long-running show that has a continuous plot line one episode at a time. You just can't. It won't work. It won't survive, I don't think. Right. Um, And, of course, The Walking Dead is one of those shows, so it would be kind of crazy if they did it any other way. But it's just sort of a little glimpse into kind of what they do, you know? And it's got to be fun to... For them, I mean, I know it's their job, but you imagine it has to be fun for them to sort of start with a big picture and then figure out how they get through that picture. Okay, know? so there's going to be zombies at the beginning. Yeah. And we're going to have zombies at the end. So we have those bookend zombie things. Okay, then we have to have zombies in every episode as well. All right, so we got individual episode zombies. Pretty much zombies everywhere. Yeah, he said somewhere else in the uh, in the interview that they have twice as many episodes to do. And he says they've got twice as much zombie stuff. Sweet. But he said it feels like there's twice as much zombie stuff in every episode, which makes sense. Yeah. And he said there's also twice as much like character and emotional and drama stuff. So there's twice as much of everything in season two. Wow. The two scoops. Which is a lot of stuff. That, yeah, it's like raisins and raisin bran. <laughs> um, when asked, Kirkman in the interview, when asked about the high bar that they set in season one, because as we all know, it was very successful, mm-hmm. he said, I can say, sitting here, knowing what I know about the second season, that you can't even see the bar because we've raised it so much. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of crazy stuff that is coming up. I'm really excited. Well, that, that's a tricky statement to make. We can't see the bar. Right? <laughs> yeah, it could we, be we buried. You know, we set the bar so high in the first season that we're starting the second season. And we can't see it. We don't know where it is. Yeah, we, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> There's a bar, but I don't know where it is. Somebody didn't keep track of it. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, it's a great uh, article. It's long. They talk a bit about the video game, the comic, uh, everything. So you should head over to Collider.com. The link will be in our show notes and check it out. Um, one other thing you mentioned is that they're meeting with all the actors to discuss their characters, too. Nice. And I don't know how common that is when they're planning a season, but it might be. He said every time one of the actors is in L.A. where they're doing all this, they just bring them in and like they sit down and they chat about it. And actors, of course, because they're actors, sort of make up their own backstories for characters and things that flesh it out a little bit so that when they're delivering lines, they, they know who they are, kind right. of. Yep. Um, but it sounds like the writers and Kirkman and everybody's involved in that 
process a little bit, which is uh, hopefully a good thing. Well, that that's good. It gives the actors a chance to do the legwork as well, right? <clears throat> to get into you know to to do that background kind of stuff, to make sure that they understand what the overall arc is for them, that kind of stuff. So that's uh, that's nice that they would do that. It's good stuff. They're a very friendly bunch. Well, yeah, very. It's helpful. not like you show up on day one and go, "Here's your script for today. Go." Good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> that really would. So, next news item. There's an interview with Charlie Adler, the comic artist, who's mm-hmm. been drawing the comic since early on. Um, it's long. It's a good, interesting read. Of course, mostly about the comic, because although he did a cameo on the show he doesn't as a zombie, he doesn't have a whole lot to do with the TV show. Right. Um, but it's an interesting look at how him and Robert work together, I thought, about how Robert sends him um, scripts with some instruction on what to do. But really not all that much. I think after this long, they've, been, they've worked together for long enough. They kind of know, you know, each other's style yeah, and how it works. So he says he gets things from Kirkman like, you know, close shot of Rick, pulling back to wider shot with zombies running over hills, stuff like that, you right. know, and then he just draws that. So Great. It's, uh, it's pretty good stuff. Now, um, this is a little bit spoilery. Well, it's majorly spoilery if you are not up to date on the comics. So just a warning that if you haven't read the last few episode issues of the comic, you should please do so at you know your earliest convenience. Press pause, go read them all. <laughs> and then come back. And then come back and press play. It's okay, we'll wait. Yeah. Do do do. Okay, we're done. Um now so that this you're is, all caught up, there's no spoilers. Yeah. Just in case though, there's some spoilers <laughs> here. Um, the interviewer asks what it's like to draw a comic where no character is safe except for Rick and Carl. Charlie's answer was, what makes you think Rick and Carl are safe? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, yes, no kidding, <laughs> as we all know from uh, recent episodes. Uh, issues. God, I always mix that up. Um, issues-sodes. Yes. The interesting thing about it is, though, the interview took place earlier this year before the events of the current issues of the comic were known to the general public. Oh, my God, the new issue comes out tomorrow. Yeah, it comes out tomorrow. So we're going to find out what happens. Yeah. What happens. Not as much as we want, probably. Oh, my God. Only Um, 22 pages. Yeah, 22 (laughs) whole pages to see what happens. Uh, But anyways, if you know what's happening in the current issue of the comic, then it's interesting that uh, Charlie Adler was kind of talking about it, you know, earlier this year. Yep. So they, they know what's going on. Finally... Asked if they ever might head toward a conclusion. And strangely, he didn't say no. He said, if it ever stops working or stops selling, they'll wrap it up, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I considering mean, Robert Kirkman's always said, this is the zombie movie that never ends, because that's what he wanted to see. He was upset about two hour zombie movie, and then he's like, well, now what happens? Yeah, no kidding. Right? So which he is started- great for a TV show. It is. Really? That's why this is perfect for TV, but that's why he started the comic, you know? It's yep. like, I want to know what happens next, and The Walking Dead is a never-ending... There's always a next. There's always next, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I guess if it doesn't sell well, that next gets a lot shorter. Yes. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, it'll, it'll be open-ended, regardless of whatever ending or conclusion they have. It's, you know, they'll leave it open-ended. They're not going to say, well, a zombie uprising is over, and uh, the humans won, or the other way around. That's it. You know? Well, it's not going to be a happily ever after type thing. No. I don't think. But hey, you never know. He surprised us before. Glenn's the last person on Earth wandering around. Nothing but zombies. Yeah. Uh, I now think that none of the characters are are safe, like Charlie Adler said. You figure Glenn wouldn't get killed off. You figure Michonne wouldn't get killed off. 
You figure Carl and Rick, Rick wouldn't get killed off. I think, you know, it, it is the, you know, Rick's the primary character in this story. It, I'm not saying it wouldn't be completely bizarre and unheard of to to do that, to kill off Rick. But I I, I just, what you What would know, they do, follow Glenn around? Yeah, they would, a new main character would be introduced, you know? This has always been Rick's story. We always kind of thought it was Carl's story. Not so sure anymore. Yeah. You know? And if they kill off uh, Rick someday, why not? Why not? They bring in somebody else who's just as interesting. You can't kill Rick. He's unkillable. (laughs) Well, he has gone through a lot. (laughs) That's what they said about the Titanic. The word unkillable is thrown around a lot these days. It is. All right. So there you go. Charlie Adler, go read that. It's another good interview. He's got lots of interesting things to say. Gerald Prescott, who plays Jackie. Recently did a Q&A with AMC TV on their blog. Um, and their Q&As are typically pretty short, but usually have a good uh, nugget or two to take away from them. Right. If I can use such a term as nugget. It's really a word. Okay, Primarily. Sure. On how she got the part, she says, I submitted a tape audition. It was really a surprise to get the opportunity to submit. I got a call from my agent, and he asked me to get it in by the next day. Weeks passed. Then one day, I had my kids in the car, and we were getting ready to go to a movie, and the phone rang. It was my agent, and he said, Frank Darmont says you're the first choice for this role. Sweet. I started screaming, and my kids wanted to know what was wrong with me. (laughs) So she was excited. No kidding. Uh, I haven't looked up her profile on IMDb in a long time, but I so I can't say what else she was in, but I'm not sure. I mean, she wasn't really that well-known. Right. Well, being you know, getting an acting job is probably very exciting for a lot of people. Any acting job, you know, on network television. Good lord. Absolutely. Unless you're, you know, uh, what's that guy uh, who's a box office guarantee to John Candy? Yeah, that's him. Unless you're John Candy, you are. <laughs> you know, you must be excited about it all. Will Smith. Well, would... Unless you're Will Smith. Oh, he'd be excited. Oh, it depends on what it. You know what? He makes up his own roles, though. He's like, I want to, I want to make this movie, and someone says, "Good idea." Here's Will. a bag of money. <laughs> here's here's a dump truck of money. Remind, where's your house again? And they drive it up to it, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's different. I mean, those that, that caliber of actor has uh, development contracts with studios, right? Yes. Because I remember when, uh, to, what the hell was his eyebrows? He's married to what's her crazy face? Tom Cruise. That's the one. Yeah. Tom Cruise, um, when he was going through the crazy time, uh, this, he lost his development contract. He was making five million dollars a deal, uh, five million dollars a year, just to develop movies that may or may not ever get produced. So does that like mean think up ideas? Talk to people, you know, read scripts. Read scripts. Go, hey, I think this is a good idea and, you know, give it back to the studio and they go, yeah, that's a good idea. Thanks, Tom. Go to parties and someone says, hey, Tom, I got this great idea for a movie. Do you want it? And he thinks about it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's making money from both ends, right? Right. The studios pay you to make movies that pay you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course. Uh, So, Gerald Prescott, she was excited. As, as, as she, should, she be. should have been, yeah. Uh, so they go on to talk about her character's fate, which, as we all know, um, she blew up in the CDC at the end. Is that uh, confirmed now? Well, they didn't get into that rumor in this interview at all, that the rumor, of course, that she might turn up in the second season. And that entire rumor, I think, is based on some cryptic comments she made in a, another interview. Yeah, she was just messing with us. So she's just messing with us, yeah. But uh, what they did ask her was... Whether or not your life flashes before your eyes when you pretend to die. <laughs> your pretend life does or your real life does? What was uh, her answer? Who knows? Her her answer was about how emotional it was doing those scenes. Right. So she kind of went the serious route. 
Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. You can find that on the AMC TV Walking Dead blog, along with all the other stuff that they post there, which is usually pretty interesting stuff if you're if you're a big fan of the show. So go check it out. I hope someone else's life flashes before my eyes when I die. <laughs> I know what happened in my life. Having somebody else's memories all flash before my eyes, that'd be pretty cool. Hey, confusing, maybe. What the hell? <laughs> Who? I'm I'm probably going to be that confused when I die anyway. <laughs> probably. I, my only rule is I don't want to feel stupid when I die. Uh, okay. That's it. That's the whole thing. As long as I don't feel stupid, I'll be happy. Give me an example. Uh, <laughs> you know, jumping off a cliff because I thought it would be fun. Without a parachute. Without a parachute. Just, you know, feeling stupid, like doing something dumb and, that kills you. And halfway down, you're like, that was dumb. That was dumb. Or, you know, climbing a <laughs> cliff with sandals, which I've done, uh, and fall, slipping and falling and breaking your neck. Right. I would have felt stupid. Okay. Driving off a cliff in a car on purpose to impress a girl, which also I've done. If the car had rolled and killed us all, I would have felt stupid. You know, thinking back on that kind of activity, you should probably feel stupid anyway. Well, I do feel stupid. I just don't <laughs> want it to kill me. Right, okay. <laughs> and it didn't so far, so I made the rule, and now I can move forward without doing really dumb things. Okay, well, that's good to know. As long as Jason doesn't die as an idiot, yes. he'll be fine. As long as I don't feel stupid, I'll be fine. Robert Kirkman, speaking of feeling stupid, expected The Walking Dead to fail. Oh, come on. Yeah, this is in the LA Times. Um, speaking at WonderCon, which is the little uh, little sister, little brother convention to San Diego Comic Con. They're all little sisters and little brothers to You're the right. San Diego Comic Con. It takes place in San Francisco, and he said there, I expected to fail. Let's get that out of the way right now, uh, said Kirkman, who also influences the AMC show, duh, which is under the guidance <laughs> of Frank Darabont. That duh was introduced by me. Yeah, no, I got that. I expected the, <laughs> I expected the book to last six issues and then end because that's what every book I'd ever done up to that point did. So everything has taken me by surprise. And as I wrote in the notes here, he's probably just being a dork. Yeah. At this point, he's one of the most... Self-deprecating. Yes. Oh, everything I do fails, so why wouldn't I expect this to fail? Right. He's he's one of the most successful like comic writers around right now yeah you know he's got a hugely successful comic book a hugely successful tv show they're making a video game they're writing a novel i mean this guy might as well have the walking action dead engraved figures. on the moon action figures too oh yeah. don't engrave anything on the moon well, why not because i don't want to look at that stupid thing when there's advertising on the moon what if it's a bicycle girl's big face up there on the moon talk about freaky in the middle of the night yeah wow i i really hope that they don't ever do that yeah. Like to have space advertising, like big stupid banners in space. You're looking up at the nice night sky. And it's like, oh, Coca-Cola, that's nice. <laughs> Speaking of which. Can, uh, boy, there, there's a whole idea right there. A, a banner big enough that's orbiting the planet that you can see from your house. That's right. <clears throat> well, somebody get on that because that sounds kind of cool. I think that might have been an idea already that somebody decided that that was dumb. Uh, Do not monetize space for crying out loud. <laughs> Yeah, well, we all know what will happen if they do. What I want is a telescope that I can see the International Space Station with. Okay. And that doesn't take a, a fancy telescope uh, at Dufferin, all. Dufferin, there's a telescope store. I know that. I've always wanted to go to the telescope store on Dufferin, but I've never been. Oh, uh, we, we should, well, I'm going to go at some point because my dad took me there when I was a kid, and I plan to take my kids there when they're old enough to appreciate it. Sweet. Take me too. My daughter asked me if we can get a telescope, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> in the next couple of years, when you're a little older, we're going to go and we're going to get telescopes. Anyways. Take me. I'm old enough to appreciate it. Yeah, you are. You can come too. Okay, good. 
talk about getting off topic. <laughs> um, so that's it. That's what he said at WonderCon, Robert Kirkman. So he's just kind of being a loser, but whatever. He's massively successful now. So I guess you always have to keep your perspective a little bit and realize that any one of these things could go away at any time, right? Right. You never know what might happen. So he's a down-to-earth guy is what I think. He is. Um, the Walking Dead blog on AMC's site, sorry for the confusion here, has posted a bunch of quotes from cast interviews they've done. I think these are the same quotes as the thing with Gerald Prescott earlier. I mean, right. the same interviews, but they've taken some of the one-liners out of them and just posted them in one big post, I guess. All right. Uh, it's good stuff. Go read it. There's some funny and interesting stuff. Sarah Wayne Callie says, the audience is not going to like me for a while, or at least they may not, and I don't blame them. You meet her You meet her neck deep in some very questionable decisions that she spends the rest of the series paying for. Really? Yeah, so she's kind of implying that, you know, we're not, we may not be so happy with her for a long time. Hmm. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? She's going to be the governor. <laughs> That's what's, here's what I suspect. <laughs> they're going to get so pissed, they're going to kick her out of the group, say, go on your own way. She'll be gone for like two years and then come back as the governor or some supervillain. No, I hope not. You don't think that's going to happen? No, I don't. <laughs> but it's so logical. Well, I, I think maybe that might happen to uh, uh, to Shane. That could happen with Shane. I could see that happening to Shane as he gets more and more... Supervillains are always best friends with uh, with superheroes before they turn evil. That's true. Being, that's... being a partner of the... Uh, of the protagonist, it's a perfect, perfect thing. It's because you're you're always in his shadow, his or her shadow. That's right. And eventually, that drives you crazy, envious, and and drives you crazy with envy. Oh, yeah, he's he's a perfect villain. Shane as the governor. Well, not as the governor, but uh, you know, as Shane, the villain. Yeah, but if you ask <laughs> Shane playing Shane, the villain. That's right. <laughs> Change his name. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you ask the internet, though, every character is going to be the governor at some point or another. Well, why wouldn't they, really? <laughs> the way they think. So um, there you go. The and, internet's right. As we know. Andrew Rothenberg, who played Jim, said, I am not the type of person that would be willing to be left by a tree. Get me to the CDC, <laughs> people. Let's go. Step on it. I've always been one to try and find a way out. Uh, yeah. Too bad that wasn't in the script, Jim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too bad. You're by the tree. So long. So sad. Yeah. All right. Uh, so just before we started recording, we watched a video that apparently reveals all of The Walking Dead's visual effects secrets. All of them? Well. That's it? A lot of them. So let's see. What did you... Th we watched it. What do you think of the video? Holy crap. There was a lot of stuff that wasn't real. There was what like... I thought was real. <laughs> there was nothing real in this show, according to this video. It's like he walks out of the hospital. There's like a body... And a building. Everything else was fake. The flies were fake. The body, the rest of the bodies were fake. The helicopter was fake. The the garbage cans were fake. Everything was fake. Well, the most the most obvious one is the first part of the video where yeah, he's coming out of the hospital after he's through all the bodies. He's going up the hill, and that helicopter is there. Yeah, the helicopter was there, and nothing else. Yeah, everything else was everything not else real. wasn't real. They digitally added. Uh, I think the building was in the background, but it was modified. Yeah. And all of the other vehicles, the Hummers, the destroyed, I don't know, military stuff that was there, all the bodies, like barrels, everything was added in. Like, yeah, that's amazing. I didn't suspect that at all. It looked absolutely fantastic. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. Um, you know, they showed, uh, 
What what else what else was wasn't real in that? Multiplying zombies. A lot of but, multiplying zombies, yes. Which you'd expect. I mean, everybody does that everywhere. Like very few times do they get enough extras to fill a stadium for a, you know, a filmed football game. Well, of course. Um yeah, they So they multiply people. They do. Even though we know they had I think one of the biggest cast of zombie extras ever for this, 150 at a time. You get 150 people in a space like on a street it doesn't look like a whole lot of people no that's true it sounds like a lot but i guess it doesn't actually look like too many when you're out in the real world coordinating five thousand people in in you know in a street to play zombies would be very difficult to do yeah it would it's be easier to just go copy paste copy paste copy paste copy paste copy paste <laughs> copy paste you know that's what the editor does right well, I mean, or the, the visual effects. Editing. The visual effect. I'm sure it's a little more complicated than that, but essentially, it's just basically I need one here and one here and one here and one here. Yeah, but almost every scene where there's zombies had them added. Yeah. Even even the smaller scenes, like where they're uh, in the alley, um, where Rick first meets Glenn and they're running in the alley. You know, yep. there's there's three or four of them standing around there. <laughs> yeah, there's some zombie. There's a, a an alley full of zombies in the show, and then they show the special effect. There's like three guys down there. Yeah, there's it's three like, guys. What? And then they add, you know, 50 more, right? Yeah. It's kind of funny the way the way they do that. Why have the three guys? Why not just add them all? Why not all of them? Like what were the what were so pivotal about those three guys down in the alley? Four authentic reactions from the actors. It's like, "Oh my god, there really is a zombie there." There's only 3, you know, but the still one is bad enough. Right. Right? Like a cardboard cutout couldn't have done that. <laughs> They're actors for crying out loud. Yeah, I guess that's You know, what draw a cardboard cutout with the word zombie written across it and throw it in the street. <gasps> a zombie! Oh my god! That's what they did with Jar Jar, right? They had the guy with a stick walking around. Really? Yeah, because they had to, you know, Jar Jar was taller than everybody else and they had to look at it and they wanted the height to be consistent. Right. So they had the guy, I think it was the stick was actually strapped to the dude with a picture, with like a fake cutout just yeah, above yeah. his head. Consistently so that, high that way. So that uh, they would consistently talk to Jar Jar's stupid face. <laughs> well, Jar Jar Binks, luckily they didn't have to multiply him over and over again. They 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 subtracted him actually from the movies. Yeah, that that's a good choice. The zombies they multiplied though. Yeah, they did. Like in every scene. So, it's a pretty cool video. I might post it. I might post the whole video on the site. You should. It was to, pretty neat to see for people to check out. There was long shots of uh, practical effects too, like blood splatter and, you know, 50 million headshots and various stuff like that. <sighs> 50 million headshots. All headshots. This video exemplified that, too. Or There it, was not a non-headshot in the whole show. Right. We And we already knew that. But <clears throat> if you watch the episodes, at least there's some time between every headshot, right? right? There's a few in a row, and then they'll finish off what they're doing, and then they'll talk for a while before more zombies get headshotted. But I mean, zombies, you're supposed to aim for the head, granted. But not everyone can do that. Yeah, not everybody's... <laughs> You know, a master marksman. Right. No, almost nobody is, right? <laughs> so it's... But this video really, really hammers home the point because it was just shot, 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 shot after shot where heads were getting blown up or cut off or just whatever. Especially under extreme duress. Yeah, running at full speed, shooting a gun. I'd be firing it up in the air and probably falling down. I would have shot my own foot off. Oh, easy. Bam, bam, bam. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. It would be all foot shots. <laughs> If I killed any zombies, it would be from ricochet, from hitting a concrete wall and the concrete flying and cutting their heads off. See? That's, I'm I'm in the same boat. But these people are all very special people. They are. So They have scripts. Hopefully, as you said while we were watching it, they toned down the headshots in the second oh, season. Yeah. 
just shoot someone in the chest or the leg or whatever, you know? Yeah. Miss. Miss once in a while. I could live with that. Well, missing is kind of boring. It's like, bam, where'd that shot go? I don't know. Maybe it's behind the building over there. <laughs> sure, but it can... Did, it, it did can... your bullet hole back there? I don't know where that <laughs> went. You know, missing's really boring on TV. Uh, that I agree with that. But getting shot in the arm and still It looks good zombie. for zombies, yeah. you know? There you go. Go watch the effects video. It's pretty cool. Finally, in the news this week, you can now pre-order your Walking Dead figure sets. All right. Uh, <clears throat> as we have previously reported, there are two sets of figures coming out this fall. One characters from the show, one of characters from the comic. There's only four in each, but you can pre-order them now from entertainmentearth.com. Individual figures are available for $14.99 each. Or you can buy the series sets for fifty five ninety nine per series. Nice. So there you go. Uh, in a perfect world, we would get a couple sets of these to give away to a listener. In a perfect world, my wife would buy these for me as a present for no reason. <laughs> for no reason, without you even having having yeah. to tell her that they she exist. She has no idea that they exist right now. No, not So if you are a friend of my wife, tell her that I would like these. Are you talking to me? <laughs> oh, yeah. You are a friend of my wife. <laughs> right. I know her. I don't have to reach out to the internet. <laughs> Known her longer than you. <laughs> you have. Um, so if you're interested, uh, go pre-order them now. They, they're still a while before they come out, and I have to assume they'll be in a toy store near you. But uh, Christmas. This yeah. would be good for Christmas. Definitely good for Christmas. I am going to see if I can get us some, though. I think it would be cool. It would give, be cool. To give away some of Very, these. very cool. We'll give away these and a poster. How about that? Awesome. Uh, but I'm not promising anything, <laughs> just so we're clear. I promise. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. <To> try. <laughs> okay, before we go today, I'd just like to do a quick shout-out to some of our new Twitter followers. I like to do this once in a while, uh, just to thank people for checking us out. This week, uh, thank you. a big thank you to Hikaru Chan 7 at Line of Blood on Twitter, Lunar Antics, Johnny B fifty one. That's Johnny B underscore fifty one. And D Mossbon. D Mossbon. There you go. Thank you to everyone that uh, follows us on Twitter and uh, checks out the show and whatever we're doing. That is going to do it for this episode of The Talking Dead. Thanks again to everybody, not only the Twitter listeners, for tuning in. If you would like to contact us, you can do so at uh, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can call the voicemail line. What's our voicemail number? Oh, I'm so out of practice. Uh, something zombie. <laughs> zombie line. 1-866-483. Uh, oh, my God. What is it? You'd think I'd remember by now. 1-866-483-ZOMB. 9-9662. See what happens when we take a sad, few weeks off? Really. It's, it's very really, sad. very sad. Call us there. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash talking dead or facebook.com slash the talking dead. You can also find Dave's web comic stranger at iHeartUnicorns2.com. That's T-O-O. iHeartUnicorns T-O-O.com. It's pretty cool. He's got his own he's got a new site up for it, and uh, there should be a new page coming soon, I think. The last one. Poor Sean didn't make it. Mm. Spoiler. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back next time with episode number 45. Until then, have a great week. Bye.
Sanford and Son.